there are some very powerful, complex and perhaps intriguing scripture readings for this Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent. But before we get to them, may I remind you that the fourth Sunday of Lent is called Laetare Sunday, from the Latin word Laetare, which means to rejoice, because the entrance antiphon of today's Mass begins with that that word, Laetare, in English, rejoice. It is uh, as if, and in a real way too, that the Church through the Sacred Liturgy reminds us today, as we are at the midway point of Lent, to keep going, to keep persevering with our prayer, our fasting, and our almsgiving and our penance, because the joy, the rejoicing that will be ours soon at Easter is closer. What I'd like to do today is to speak about some of the phrases and sentences of the scripture readings that seem to have a great significance for me as I reflected upon them. And I hope that as it comes sort of in three parts, that you might be able to see some link between them by the end. So the first sentence comes from the Gospel in verse 19 of St. John's Gospel, chapter 3, where our Lord said, Men, and we have to say women as well, have shown that they prefer darkness to light. And in response to that, I ask, how would you react if St. Peter's in Rome was burnt down? The walls around the Vatican were demolished by an enemy invading force. And all the buildings, the museums, the art galleries, the palaces within the Vatican were utterly destroyed. And everything of value was destroyed. And the Pope and all the cardinals and all those who lived and worked in the Vatican were taken prisoner and deported to some remote part of the world. No doubt you would be incensed, you would be shocked, you would be devastated. But let's make it a little more personal. What if all the churches in your parish were burnt down by enemies of the faith? They were looted and destroyed. All our schools were burnt to the ground. And all the priests and all the faithful Catholics were rounded up and imprisoned in a detention facility in the central deserts of Australia. Now you might be more than incensed. You would either be a prisoner or, to keep your freedom, you would have renounced the faith and joined the enemy forces. Now, if all of that sounds far-fetched and the stuff of fiction, then remember that this is what happened in various ways during the French Revolution. In England, under Henry VIII and Elizabeth I. In Ireland, under Cromwell and under the penal laws of the 19th century. In the countries of Europe in the 20th century under Soviet Russia's domination. And it is happening now in China. 
And this is also what the first reading relates to us. So let us ask, what is the cause of all this? Why does God allow it to happen? Well, the first reading gives an answer. It is the infidelity of the leaders and also of the people. But not just infidelity. It's also ignoring, ridiculing and laughing at those God has sent to call his people back to fidelity. We must be very careful not to dismiss the events described in chapter 36 of the book of Chronicles, saying that this happened a long time ago and could not happen now. So I repeat again our Lord's words. Men and women have shown that they prefer darkness to light. Now to switch to the second reading, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. God loved us with so much love that he was generous with his mercy. I'm not sure whether you know, but there was a heresy around in the early church in the year 140 AD, proposed by a man called Marcion, He was possibly a bishop, we're not sure of that, but he arrived in Rome and he started spreading the wrong idea that the God of the Old Testament was cruel and vengeful, inflicting punishment and chastisement. But the God of the New Testament, he said, was merciful and loving. For this incorrect idea that there are two gods, one of the Old, one of the New Testament, Marcion was quickly condemned and excommunicated. Of course, as it was declared then, as we know, it is the same God, who is all at the same time loving, just and merciful. It is us who have difficulty keeping all those qualities together. But God, who is omnipotent, can do it. Thus, if someone knows God and rejects God, God acts with mercy and love and does not compel that person to be with him. That is why it is possible that there are souls in hell God knows that they would be unhappy in heaven because they have chosen not to be with God. So our Lord says in the Gospel, whoever refuses to believe will be condemned because he has refused to believe. And indeed everyone who does wrong hates the light and avoids it. We understand the interaction of parents and children because we have been one or both. I'm sure you would agree it would be weak and bad parents who did not correct discipline and even punish their children so that they grow into good people. A parent who does not do this is not a loving parent or a just one. 
a child has the right to be helped, to be responsible, moral and a good adult. On the other hand though, as we know, a child can reject all efforts of her parents to help her, and so she chooses her own path. This, however, will not end in her happiness or her welfare. A useful principle to remember, both in parenting as well as in relation to God, is that correction, discipline, punishment and chastisement done out of love is not cruel or vengeful, even if the recipient sees it that way. It is fundamentally medicinal, something that heals and helps. Like medicine for the body, all of this may be hard, unpleasant and disagreeable. The infidelities of the Israelites that we heard about in the first reading were expunged through 70 years of exile and eventually they returned to Jerusalem and rebuilt the city and the temple. And under the most extraordinary circumstances, namely the leadership of the pagan king of Persia. There is another part of the second reading from St Paul's letter to the Ephesians that I want to quote as well. The infidelities and sins of the human race, so we are were dead in our sins, were eventually met with being brought to life with Christ, being raised up with him, and being given a place with him in heaven, experiencing how infinitely rich God is in his grace. So all the calamities that we have seen in history, and all the calamities that are happening right now, including the pandemic, are allowed by God for his own kind purposes which we do not fully understand. But perhaps if we see them through the lens of God's mercy and God's justice, we may be able to detect the right hand of God who seeks to turn humanity back to him. Yes, let us be among those who lament, like today's psalm, but also Let us be among those who repent for our sins and make reparation for the sins of the world. And let us be those who, again to quote our Lord, live by the truth and come out into the light.